0: The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. We want to thank you for joining our True Grace podcast. For those of you who are listening online, this new subcategory is going to be dealing directly with the law and character of God. So this is 106 in our Identity for Eternity series, and today it is called the Law of God. So let's take a look at our very first slide. The explanation we need to uh, keep very close to our hearts is very simple. That is, law by its very definition conveys the idea that someone or a collection of persons has the legitimate and binding authority to institute, establish, or impose certain standards expectations, rules, regulations, principles, etc. on others. Law reveals the character of a nation, people, or person who pens those guidelines. One of the things that our country here in America is facing is this movement that is becoming extremely popular out of Washington, D.C., And that is putting additional amendments to our Constitution, putting add-ons. And the more and more that we look at these add-ons, the more and more we're realizing that the character of the nation is making a confession. So the fact that we murder children and we came up with an add-on to our Constitution is a confession. Okay, America murders children. And then when we come up with uh, euthanasia, where we actually murder old people and handicapped people, that will be a new confession of character, or lack of it, of this nation. And now with this new amendment of same-sex marriages, it is a confession of the character or lack of character of this nation. And you'll find that in every nation and every people throughout the entire world. So the law confesses character. Whatever level that character is, if it's a tiny bit or if it's a lot of bit, it is a confession of character or the lack of it. So since our concern is divine law, the one in authority is God, with authority over all his creation, including mankind, it reveals the very character of God. God is created mankind so when he puts the standards in place for mankind he's actually saying i want you to live as i live this is what my character is like and i want you to live in that perfect character which before the fall Everything, as Janie was talking about earlier today in our share time, everything we do say or think about is just life with Jesus. That was truly the case before the fall. Adam and Eve did not need to ask God, well, what's your policy on this? They just lived. And they reflected the very character and nature of God. Thus, God established a law code for his particularly chosen people in order to introduce his character to the Hebrew people. So here's what happened. Very simple. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them in a domain and started with Adam. And he created Adam in a domain that was not in the garden. So was Adam created outside the garden or inside the garden? Outside the garden. Was outside the garden as lush and green as the garden itself? I say absolutely not. You see, this whole planet thing started with a formless planet. And we think that because of God's creation that everything, the whole world, all the way around it, was as lush as the garden because of this canopy. That is not necessarily true. He, he sectioned off a piece of dirt that had this luscious, beautiful garden and filled with every kind of fruit that he chose to have in this garden. He creates Adam out of red dirt which tells me that it was not as luscious as we are told by some he was created from a fistful of red dirt which is what Adam, Adam means it is what comes from red dirt so Adam is literally created out of this red dirt that probably looked a lot like Mars I don't know what this formless planet looked like before God got his hands on it. And then he had this talk with Adam. What was this talk about? Didn't take chapters in the Bible. He just had this talk with Adam. What did he say? He told him to work. He, told him to work. he was the caretaker. He was the gardener. Then he put Adam into the garden. Now, I don't think God does anything accidentally, so the way that he did this has got significance when it comes to his character. And he puts Adam without Eve into this garden, and he starts working. Now, today, in our Laodicean culture and society, it is total opposite of that. It's the ladies who do the working. It's the ladies who are the politicians. It's the ladies who are the, the you know money makers. It's the ladies who are whatever. There is a complete change of the original design and creation of God. That's Satan's goal. That's why the Book of Revelation refers to the great whore. The church. Something's happening that the way God's character is being revealed and introduced to to Adam, there has to come a a time for Satan to be able to rule the entire globe again, that he is going to have to reverse the structure. Whatever God set up has to be opposite of that. So he's in the garden and he's tending the garden and he's doing whatever it is that God asked him to do and all of a sudden Adam realizes something. What did he realize? He's lonely. He's lonely. He's alone. You know, he looks at the beasts and these male, female, and looks at trees. He's figuring out that, you know, trees multiply and according to the design of God and how they must cross poly. I don't know how much intelligence Adam had, but he was figuring things out to go, I am not complete. They are, but I am not. And then what happens? He goes to God with that concern. And what does God do? Quit your whining and complaining and get back to work. No. You see, he waited for Adam and trusted in his creation of Adam and knew that the pattern in Adam's mind after working, he would come to this conclusion that he needs a helpmate that he's not complete. This complete has nothing to do with some of you emergent teachers that are teaching about that Adam did not understand love until God gave him Eve. And I'd like to know what scripture you're getting that from. Adam was the representation of love. His conclusion of needing Eve was without any concept of Eve. He was simply saying, I'm not complete. It's not done yet. It's not finished. The full cycle is not completed for me. Whereas it is for the cows. Satan is not comfortable with God's creation. Never has been, never will be. So now you have Noah... And his three boys and their wives. He puts them on a boat that he had to build. And then the rain started coming. And God pulls the canopy open. Floods the earth. And you know how the story goes from there. For 40 days there's rain which we're not told how many days there was to deal with the flood or years. But we know it was a long period of time and it finally rested on this side of this mountain and then God repopulates the earth and starts fresh. Because God did happen to, uh, to, to make a statement about after he looked upon the earth, he was not pleased Now, why wasn't God pleased? It's because that the character of Satan, not using character in a positive sense, using character as a description of a being, took dominance over the character of God. You see, there were no laws in place during those 900 years. There was no laws. So people didn't know what the character of God looked like. All they knew is what this this world around them is something we would see out of a movie today. You do realize that very few people react to a space movie where there's some kind of creature on a spaceship that looks half demon, half human? they don't even respond anymore. They they even say, that, that that's cool special effects. We don't even realize we're being reintroduced to that old pre-flood world again. I think you can mark our words on that. But if you speak of the sound doctrines of demons having sex with beasts and here's what you got, but yet you can go out A few miles outside of town and dig up a a dinosaur bone, you could say, well, they did exist. Well, how did they exist? What was part of God's creation? Really? And where does it say that? Well, it says in Job that fire breathing dragons come forth from the ocean to, you know, whatever. And what did he call them? Are there some beasts hiding in the sea? you can be assured there's beast hiding in the sea. And when Revelation talks about these creatures coming out of the sea, you can be assured they're going to come back. Whatever these things are that we're able to hide in water. See, it's all organized for God, but to us we just, we're just thinking in Disney terms. Did I see that in a movie or did I read that in a scripture? See. A, movie. a movie. That's where I saw it. <laughs> see, during those times when the world was going so defiled that no preacher on the face of the earth can describe how defiled the earth was during those 900 years. Nobody. You would have to be there. We have, we'd have to get cerned in and cerned out and be there and see the horrific evil that was dominating the air, the soil, the people, the beasts, before you could come back and say to the church, those dinosaurs were not of God. Those giants were not of God. And the fact that David had to fight one of the remaining ones that genetically somehow got through was not of God. We can't talk like that because we weren't there. But this I can tell you during those 900 plus years there was no human ability to compare your behavior to the character of God was gone. It was gone, except for one guy. What was his name again? Noah. Noah. Now we have our foundation. I want to show you what the original definition of law which the word that is used as Torah. And if you are listening to the audio podcast, you're actually going to have to go back to the library and click on the PDF in order to see this. But here's Torah. You have these pictorial symbols from the pictorial Hebrew. That is Tav, Vav, Resh, and Che. Tav means cross. Vav means nail. Resh means red man. Chet means what comes from. You put those together and of course we read it forwards or backwards, Ian? Backwards. It is what comes from the, the man nailed to the cross. How in the world did they know that back then? You see, the law today is an offensive term to the gracilistic people. They handle law like it is some kind of offense. They say, well, the law kills and destroys. Yeah, that means God kills and destroys. No, God doesn't do that anymore. Really? It's too much for them to put together in their mind. Well, if Satan could somehow get them to forget what God meant by what God said when he first talked about Torah... The man, it's what comes forth from the man nailed to the cross. Wow. So the Hebrew word law is Torah. The pictorial Hebrew word uh, Torah is what comes from the man nailed to the cross. So, therefore, what comes from the man nailed to the cross is identity, character of the Father. His character. So you see, God brought the law into the reality of mankind after he looked at all, at 900 plus years, he looked at the whole earth and he went, I'm sorry I did this. That's what the verse says. I was sorry I made man. You see, there was nothing for those people to compare their lives to. Nothing. So if they saw demons in the air with these flying creatures or, you know, giants running around and people were just, you know, immoral, well, they didn't know what immoral was. Do you understand that? They didn't know anything but what was presented to them. So God looks at and goes, Jesus, could you hit the restart button for me, please? Good. Okay. And that's what he did. And now you have Noah, and you have the three sons, the Trinity, you have the wives, and then a washing away living water, and you have a cleansed earth. Kills off the dinosaurs. non Created Dinosaurs Most people don't even realize Eve wasn't created There's no evidence of that It says Eve was formed From creation God took His creation from the side Of what he created Adam And he formed Eve Out of life See the Holy Spirit Is the life from God Formed God This is so important to understand if we're going to understand the law and what God was giving us here through the law. So right from the get-go, God the Father wanted Noah and the, the three sons to begin to lay the foundation so when God came along through Moses and He presents this whole thing, the whole foundation is readied so the people will want the law. And it took a while, did it not? From Noah to Moses. So here's what we have as a result. The identity of the Father is what's being revealed through the law. Which he's actually talking about the man nailed to the cross, which is his son. So the identity of the Father is being given to us by putting it on the cross. But see, this, this son is going to have to fulfill the character of God because God knew, saw with his own eyes, that they have no ability to do it in and of themselves. They're, they're going to go evil. If they do not have law and institute of the living God, they're just going to go evil. So they can't do it. He knew that from the beginning of giving it to Moses is that he spent those hundreds of years setting it up so the people go, we have no clue what to do, Moses. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came to Moses and said what? Moses, Moses. You can't do this by yourself. You see, that's when the system got put in place with the law. Where he, Jethro encouraged him to to have certain individuals oversee a hundred people, another one over a hundred people, another An institution was put into place for the law to function. Now to God that was of no surprise. To Moses I think it was a bit. Cool, we got the law, character of God now. So traditional Hebrew, which is the new modern Hebrew, when the character of God is penned, it means direction, guidance, instruction toward the one nailed to the cross. So why would this be true? It is the one on the cross that fulfills the law or the character of God. And it's obviously going to have to be someone who is birthed from the character of God. Because whatever your sins are, as you are sitting there listening today, they're from your daddy. The very things you hate about yourself are the things that you hate about your father. Sin travels through the seed, not through the blood of the woman. And that's why Jesus was able to be born from the blood of a woman, but it had, that conception had to be from the seed of the Father who is perfect in character. I sure hope you're traveling with me on this one because the fact that Jesus was conceived under the seed of perfect character when he was born through the blood of a woman, and as I have learned in science, that the blood that is inside the pregnant woman mixes with the baby, right? It doesn't mix. It doesn't mix. So Mary's sin couldn't get inside Jesus' body. Jesus was conceived by the perfect seed of the character of his dad. So when he was born, yes, he was perfect. But yet he bared the markings of being born the son of man, Mary. So the beauty of this thing is you have the character of God When Mary was kissing the face of Jesus, she was kissing the face of God. That's not just a song. But see, that character had no structure yet. And Jesus was about to face that. So the law of God is born in that manger. So this can come together in a complete cycle so that the Torah believers could actually say, Well I know pectoral Hebrew, I'm a scribe or I'm a Pharisee, and it does mean that and why are we putting this man who claims to be the character of God on the cross? Ah uh, that'd be so you can get it. But did they? No, they did not get it. Why? Because they came up with four translations, four rewrites of the Hebrew to get the modern Hebrew that Hebrew people study from today. It's not there anymore. This is what it means today, direction, guidance, instruction. Why? Because another Hebrew word spun off from it. But the original Torah is what comes from the man on the cross. So let's take a look at the Greek. There are many other Hebrew words that also refer to instruction or the law of God. But the Greek word for law is used in the New Testament as nomos or nomos. Within the New Testament, the word nomos is often used to refer back to the Old Testament law and thus to translate to the Hebrew word Torah, which is what we've been talking about, what comes from the man nailed to the cross. Anytime you put a language between the original rite and the people of the day, 99.99% 99.99% of the people are not going to take the time to find their way back to the original script. So all you have to do is hand them a Bible, whether it's NIV, OIV, PIV, CIV, whatever. Most people can't even tell you what the initials stand for, the Bible that they have. And you hand them this Bible, and they accept it and start memorizing out of it. They don't care what the original is. And since that principle works so well for us, we have an addiction to the writing of many books is endless and as Solomon said, is wearisome to our bodies because anytime someone reads something, whether it is written by man or whether it is written by God himself, it starts to wear him down. they have to somehow organize it and Maybe practice what this author is saying, and the odd thing is, is it works. What's the new diet this month? What's the new, you see, everything seems to be fashionable, because man has scripted it out, and it could be as far away from the word as possible, and be a doctrine of demon, for example. Anytime someone says, I have a diet for you, I I talked to one of my cardiologists about this, and he says, you are exactly correct. Anytime you put diet in front of someone, you better expect failure. Instead of changing the person and the way they're thinking, then when you look at common sense dietary things, it makes sense. So keep that in mind as we start talking more about the law. Elsewhere, nomos is used only in reference to the uh, first five books of the Bible, basically. That's when you say, well, what is the Torah, as I asked someone this week. And they said, well, it's the Pentateuch, it's the first five books of the Bible. From the patriarchs, right? That's the standard thinking. Why? Because that's modern Hebrew. No, that is not what it means. See, so you're putting an emphasis on the the structure and ordinances that came from the character of God, which was that guy nailed to the cross. But since that is not even in your thinking today, you put the emphasis on those stringent requirements from the first five books of the Bible. Welcome to American Diets. You're putting such an emphasis on, well, my diet doesn't allow me to, to, to eat carbs. Really? I've got some donuts. You want one? Sure, I'll have one. The law arouses sinful passions. You see, if you put the emphasis on the guidance and instruction in the ordinances, it's going to arouse sinful passions. But if you put the emphasis upon the character of the living God, you wanting to not do certain things and to do certain things becomes a reflection of your identity in Christ. Jesus, mentioned, Jesus mentions that all the things written about him in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled Luke 24:44 Paul mentions that the righteousness of God was witnessed by the law and the prophets So Paul mentions that the character of God was witnessed by these laws Paul states that in Romans 3.21. So on other occasions, Nomos refers to specifically the law given by God through Moses, often called the Mosaic Law. Paul mentions the law being introduced by Moses, which translates out as God introduced to mankind through Moses. Do you understand that through the law that came forth from Moses, that these people were actually getting to see a mental picture in their mind of the way God was? Up to that point, when they thought about who this God of the Hebrew was, it was up to their own imagination. And stories that were told from generation to generation. But now they're actually listening to this guy who's coming down from the mountain and it starts out with the ten biggies and then it turned into four hundred and Jane, four hundred and how many sundry laws? Or was it 720? But see, it all started with these two plaques of the ten biggies that we're obviously used to hearing as the ten commandments. You're actually reading the ten biggest character qualities of God. And that's exactly the conclusion that Moses came to. God says to Moses, Moses, take off your shoes For you are, you're standing on holy ground. Number one, I am holy. You are not. So he speaks out of this burning bush because no one gets to see the face of God before the man that was nailed to the cross. Yes, that's hard to believe. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was the very first to see the face of God if your footprints touch this earth. So God either showed up and let Moses see his backside. Remember that story? Or he speaks out of a burning bush because no one's going to get to see the face of God. So then Moses wanted to know, what do I call you? Who are you? And God's response to Moses is? For I am that I am. Well, what God was saying there, if you look at the translation, is for I am all the identities. I am the identity. I am all of the I am's. Well, I'm a carpenter. I'm a businessman. I'm a housewife. I'm a... a, He's saying, I am the I am's. All the identities. There is no one bigger than me. And that's what Moses was introducing to the people. So here we have it. Moses was the God father figure. Joshua... Was the Jesus figure, and Caleb was the Holy Spirit figure, who was the helper, always helping Joshua out. And that's how this whole thing's working. You see, God, as Moses had to go up to the top of the mountain and die, God is not physically seen in this earth. So Joshua is sent, Jesus is sent. So when we look at the face of Jesus, we're actually seeing the face of God. So when Mary was kissing Jesus, she was kissing the face of God. There's no difference. But you see, the literal face of God, only Jesus had the prerogative, stay with me listeners, only Jesus had the prerogative to actually see the face of God because He was the character of God. He was the identity of God. So therefore, he is the only one that can see the face of the Father. He is the law. My precious, gracilistic teachers, Jesus is the law. He is the fulfilled character of the living God. God's goal was to bring this whole truth of the Trinity completely visual so we can see it. Because us humanoids tend to believe only what we see. The Old Testament writings are the recordings of how God functions by His own standards, conduct, and identity. He then goes on to set the stage for his requirement of those who desire to live with him in eternity, which would require a perfect conduct of his character, fully knowing that they're going to fail. That's the hard thing for humans to realize. He went through this whole process of the Old Testament to get the people to say, you know, we can't do this. We've tried for hundreds of years thousands of years. We can't do this. We, we need someone who's going to have to show us how this is done. So through this failure, he knew it would result in the people desiring a perfect Messiah, Christ, to bridge this pathway to perfection. Keep in mind that these original Hebrews knew the true definition of Torah, what comes from the man nailed to the cross. So a lot of these people back in the Old Testament didn't have to deal with this modern Hebrew. They knew that this man was going to show up nailed on a cross. And that's why Jesus said to them, what you heard said about me in the first five books what you heard said about me in the Psalms what you heard said about me by the prophets I am he I am that man nailed to the cross and of course the disciples didn't want to embrace it well we're not going to let our our Savior go to the cross after waiting this long to get him no you don't understand I am the Torah (laughs) I, I must do this I am He. The Torah is not a sin. I am not sin. But to make that transition, He had to become sin, didn't He? He had to be detached from the character of God. And when He was hanging on that cross, He had this moment of despair and grief and He went, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? When Jesus became sin, he was detached from the character of God and fully became exactly like man and went to hell. And while he was three days in that torment stage, there was a fulfillment process that took place. He paid the price for every single sin, past, present, and future. And once the penalty was paid, because that was the requirement from Satan, he came forth from the cross. Fulfilled law. So when people thought of the law, they thought of Jesus the Christ. Not to turn it into some kind of thing we fight as gracialistic teachers. 602 292 2982. So Tav, Cross, Vav, Nail, Resh, Man, Che, what comes from in the New Testament becomes redemption or regeneration, paid consequences, the Messiah is with us, the law is with us, and fulfilled law comes forth. It doesn't get any sweeter than that. There can be no doubt that the Old Testament laws were designed to condemn human behavior. That was the result of the fall. Falling from the character of God, perfection, and falling into the lack of character of Satan, imperfection. Before the flood it became evident that people could not see the wickedness and consequences of the fall. It was impossible for them to. And left to themselves, behavior would turn toward uncontrolled evil. That's exactly what happened. There was nothing to compare their wickedness, to provide a standard or comparison. Therefore, God washed away the wickedness from the earth, hit the restart button, and established a system that would reveal the peop- to the people the consequences of the fall. This was done in order to show them exactly which father, in quotes, they were serving. That's why Jesus was very clearly able to look at the Pharisees and say, you are of your father, the devil. Or in most original translations, it says Satan. It's an issue of the father and people needed to see this who's your daddy this was done in order to show them exactly which father they were serving he did he did that by clearly laying out what the uh, he did that by clearly laying out what his character looked like which is the law and what the lack of character looked like which resembled satan There were clear-cut consequences for disobedience for those who would not try to live up to the standards of God, His character. God was not hoping that people would actually fulfill the law. And that's the twist. You see, He was more interested in seeing if they would try to. There's more respect for one of your children who tries to live up to your standards you put on them in the house than the child that blows you off and lies to you covertly. They're nodding their head this way and on the inside they're lying like Satan to you. Or the opposite. You see for a parent to see that there was a child that really did try to do the tasks they were told to do exactly the way the parent wanted them to do it, than a child who just said, I'll take care of that mom, and then four hours later, nothing's done. That's what God wanted to accomplish. Are you with me? He didn't want these people fulfilling the law because they couldn't. He wanted to see if they'd try. The ones who tried, stay with me at 602-292-2982. The ones who tried were put in paradise when they died. Isaiah, Moses, Jeremiah, and the list goes on and on. The ones who tried were put in paradise to wait until Jesus got to see the face of his father, and then came back and got them in paradise. So when Jesus said to the sinner on the cross who figured out this truly is the Son of God, he said, today I will see you in paradise. That is not heaven, where the living, breathing God lives. They were put in this special place which is where the Catholic Church got the idea of purgatory. They could not see the face of God until Jesus did. Then Jesus came and captured up the people in paradise and took them before His Father. Because of this. It's only the ones who truly tried that showed the character of I want to live as God lives. Well, then you're coming with me. Thief on the cross. You truly are the Son of God. If you could remember me today, when you, you know, you'll be with me. You see, it's just the trying, whether it's your last three seconds or your first 30 years. It's just the trying. So, a child who does not try to meet the standard of the parents is a worthless child. That's why they go to hell. We go to hell because we're worthless. There's no value. And that is the worst, hardest thing for humanoids to accept. The only thing that gives Steve Finney value is Jesus Christ. He fulfilled the law, came and lived within me, so every day I could say I fail every day. And he he says, of course you fail every day. But do I? No, Lord, you don't. You're coming with me. He doesn't look at my sin as a parent doesn't look at the child who failed at trying to clean the table. The parent is looking at the heart because they tried so hard. And as an indwell believer, I'm not looked at because of my sin. It's because of my heart of wanting to be as my husband and listening to Him in me. Oh, you're coming with me. And you get that and you understand the exchange life. It's not about getting rid of your sin. It's about do you want to be like your husband? That's what it's about. Most have no clue what he looks like, what Jesus' character is about, because they will not assign the law to him anymore. Oh, God, separate the goats from the sheep. Here's our identity statement for today. Law, character of God, by its very definition, requires behavioral action. Persons who come within the jurisdiction are expected to keep it, Galatians 5.3. And do as God does, Romans 2.14. Perform as God performs, Galatians 3.10. And of course, demonstrate his identity, Romans 2.25. Inherent within the idea of the law is the demand for people to act and work in order to keep the character of God intact. What was the first thing Adam was asked to do? Work. Work. You see, he's just bringing us back to that moment. That perfect moment. And I believe that Adam had no ability... Or certainly no history of warring with the idea of whether he should listen to what the father is saying to him. He just okay, work. And how how am I supposed to work? What am I supposed to do? Well, name the animals and groom the trees and then Oh, okay. See it's all okay. Oh, okay. There's no hesitation in the intersection. That is perfect law. There's no hesitation. But because of Satan, the whole thing happens. There's hesitations all day long, every day, in every venue on the face of the earth. So, therefore, thus it is that Paul refers to the works of the law. God, works of God, Romans 3.20, Galatians 3.10. It might be noted, therefore, that there is a general form of works in legalism, that is inherent with attempting to keep up with the character of God, not just in abuse or misuse of God or the law, but within the very idea of the impossibility of being as God. That's today. You see, there are some churches very close to this building that put the emphasis on you need to try to keep up to the character of God. And the way you do that is through these things. That's legalism. Versus the indwell believer saying, yeah, I need to keep up with the character of God, and it's a good thing I have someone living inside me that did that job. And all I have to do is hear God from within, which is our whole goal every week in our Hearing God section of our service. See, that's all we have to do is hear God. He can say, turn to the left, turn to the right. Jane, make some scrambled eggs. No, I want you to go call so-and-so. And I want you. It's just life. It's just Adam. Just get in the garden and get her done. That's why if you think when you get to heaven, you're going to be sitting around on a white cloud eating bonbons, having a great discussion with the great prophets of old, you have no clue what heaven is like. It's work. Some will be doorkeepers and others will be rulers of nations. It's going to be work. It's all about work. Carrying out the character of God. So there we have it. Questions or comments from our listeners? That's 602-292-2982. And remember, I always have a salvation prayer in the PDF. Just in case this happens to be a day when the Holy Spirit's tapping your shoulder saying, get on your face before me because I am about to take you through the eye of the tree, the eye of the cross. This is the day of your salvation. Some don't know what words to pray and that's why we put this sample prayer in there is that people can read a sample. And then I would appreciate if you'd contact me and say, I received Jesus today because I have some awesome discipleship materials I can get in your hands, free, if you just simply contact.